The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. This is Robin Nelson with Wrestle Podcast, and my guest tonight is the EWE Champion Justin Dream. How's it going? All right, Robin. How about yourself? Pretty good. So, what what are you doing right now? Since uh, the governor of Ohio told everybody to stay home, I'm doing exactly what he told us to do. Unfortunately, <laughs> I know. Me too. I'm sitting at home too, and it's hard. And I hope they finally destroy this virus so we can, you know, get back to our normal lives and some get to go out and see some more pro wrestling. Or just try to at least like contain it to a point where people are less schizophrenic to especially with that right now. Like there are people right now being held at gunpoint over toilet paper. The world is insane right now. That's true. So, um, how are you taking it like all the other professional wrestlers around the world in the United States? I'm I'm trying my best to find a positive light in all the darkness. It's to the point where I'm still trying to communicate with the fans. I'm still trying to boost my boys out there, try to push their merchandise so that they, because I got a lot of people out there that depended on professional wrestling to pay the bills and bring on the bread, so to speak. So I'm constantly on top of trying to push myself and trying to push them as well, trying to get their names out there more, try to really show the effects that it's having on professional wrestling right now. Yeah, I love how the professional wrestlers are doing that. It's like a brotherhood. Right, not everyone's getting the getting the opportunity to still make their paychecks in front of empty arenas. A lot of people just don't. They're just out of work right now. In general, not even just professional wrestling, but like some people like have stuff outside of that. Those are closed down as well, and it's just they're bringing home nothing right now. I totally agree with you, too. So, um, you've been in the business for 11 years already. May of this year will make 11 years. So, how does that feel since you've been around in the business for 11 years? It's it's a little bit surreal because I'm only 24 right now. I'll be turning 25 this year. And to think I've already been in the business over a decade, like so many people, like I would say that to, and they'll look at me like, oh, there's no way. But as a it's just a simple fact, like I have been. I have references that date all the way back to 10, 11 years. I'm also, when you were a little kid, you were a big uh, professional wrestling fan as well. And the main event of WrestleMania 20 really influenced you later on in the years to train to become a professional wrestler. Yes, like, um, my first introduction to professional wrestling is terrified me because like you gotta think of it from my standpoint I was only an eight year old kid like and my grandpa is flipping channels and I just see this big bald demon of a man like with one weird eye he's electrocuting a man's testicles I had no idea this was professional wrestling I just I thought this was a horror movie so it scarred me for life for a minute until Till the following WrestleMania, like my uncle had actually ordered it, and that was my first impression of it. Who 
the same person that was electrocuted around that testicles. He was the match before the main event, so I was terrified, and he saw me at least coming in and watching the main event, and just, I fell in love with it at that point. So where'd you go from there? Where did you go to seek training? I seek training at the Sword Opera House in Milltown, Ohio. It was, uh, it was ran by John Miller. He was known as Mount Killer, and it was him and his brother that was during the hands-on training and that's like I went there on a Friday I do believe yeah it was a Friday afternoon right I just got out of school and they they treated me like everybody else just because my age I didn't mean anything they put me through the ring I was taking the bumps I was taking the buckles I was running the ropes it was rough I bet it was. I've took a few bumps myself in the ring, and I can feel you of all the pain and you know blood, sweat, and tears uh, you professional wrestlers endure when you're training and also doing wrestling matches, um, you know, day after day and night after night as well. And that famous opera house in Middletown, I've heard stories about that where all the wrestling matches were at. What was it like to wrestle in a old historical opera house? It was. Well, do you know that it's haunted? Like, I'm not sure if you believe in that, but I had actually had a few ghostly experiences at that opera house, like, to be quite honest, and like, there would be times where I would see Mr. Sorg in the in the balconies on the first floor, and we did, uh, we would do some shows in the, in the ballroom on the bottom, and we would also have shows on the fourth floor. The most terrifying experiences was we would we would have to haul the ring up the outdoor fire escape, and that building is very old; so it was all rickety and it was falling apart. And we would have to haul that ring up and down that outside outside fire escape, four stories. Well, I bet that was a lot of work as well, and especially wrestled over there with you know other professional wrestlers. Did any of, of the other professional wrestlers or fans ever witness any paranormal activity as well? Uh, yes, I, there was a lot of of wrestlers I know for a fact have witnessed some things. Uh, Dre Jacobs, Erica, Johnny H, Freak. He, uh, we would we were in there. At least, at least uh, five, six days out of a week. What we would do is we would have trainings on Sundays, Mondays, and Thursdays, and we would also do some on Fridays. Um, shows would be ran there on Tuesdays and Saturdays, and HWA was actually running there on Wednesdays. So we were there five, six, sometimes seven days out of the entire week. Wow, that's a lot of wrestling shows, which is good. So, since you are the EWE champion, tell me about EWE. I've never heard of that independent promotion. And um, also, what's it like to work with the roster there? Uh, EWE stands for Epic Wrestling Entertainment. They run out of Jeffersonville, Indiana. And I debuted there in January of last year. It was one of those scenarios where I came for a seminar with Chris Silvio, and it, I'm one of those young. I'm, I still see myself as, as a young kid trying to get my foot in every door possible. So what? When they asked me if I would like to take part, of course I jumped on it. I got to work with uh, another really young guy, about 
in Indiana. His name is Braden Lee. Just he is a tremendous athlete, great look, great body, and that was my debut. And eventually, uh, eventually, I would go on to win their prestige briefcase, better known as EWE version of the Money in the Bank. Just that simple. And uh, when. Actually, back in October, I was on my way to the DW show when I got to a very bad car accident. On the on the way up there on 75 going south from Ohio, and what happened was that was actually how I returned to EWE was me cashing in the prestige briefcase to win the championship. Wow! How did that accident happen? Your car accident. I'm glad you're all right. It was a it was a hit run, my friend. He uh, somebody just hit me from behind and they sped off. I couldn't tell you what happened. I couldn't tell you who did it. No information was ever found. They were just witnesses. So, did you uh, um, go straight to the wrestling show, or were you there until the ambulance showed up? Uh, I I hadn't even. I was on my way to the show. Mm-hmm. I. Uh, I was coming from Ohio. It takes me through Kentucky. Yeah, going to Cincinnati. I got to the accident in Kentucky, and I actually i I had to miss it that day. I was my initial plan was to take off the rest of the year at that point, just to try to let my body heal up. But yeah, us wrestlers, we never make the smartest decisions when it comes down bodies. Oh, I totally agree with you. Is I totally agree because, you know, um, you guys go through a lot of wear and tear in that body and you guys go through a lot of injuries of some of the professional wrestlers I've talked to as well. So um, how'd you come up with the name Justin Dream? Justin Dream it was actually, uh, it actually originally wasn't my idea. It was just something I had a little bit of input in. It was, uh, I remember one training session because my first name Looking back on it, it was so terrible. Nobody would have ever booked that, booked somebody with that name. And, like, they just, we were talking, like, we got to come up with something better. So, what, eventually they took my initial J&D and made it actually, like, trying to stand for something. It became just a dream. Sort of like a play on word for just a dream. And, uh... Eventually, over the years, I adopted the Black Sheep moniker, and I feel like that at that point, that's when my career really started to boost it up after I really did something with the Black Sheep. How long did you go with the Black Sheep? Uh, the Black Sheep was, it was originally a tag team I was in. It was me and my partner, Nero. We went by the Black Sheep of Wrestling. And once we split up, I just kept the Black Sheep moniker. I tried to just I tried to have a black sheep of wrestling Justin Jay and I just showing it straight to the black sheep. And speaking of your uh, ex tag team partner, um, you're still friends with him as well. Tell me a little bit about Nero. Nero, he's somebody that uh, I've known for my entire entire career. He's one of the few people that I feel I can come to like outside the business as well. And uh, he he doesn't really do as much wrestling right now he does a lot of cosplay and uh the last time we we worked was uh back in back in july i do believe it was that was the last time that, that i paid that back we actually worked back in november in the triple fan match 
Alrighty. And then another uh, friendship you built with as well, and you've also had great chemistry in the ring, and he's a well-known uh, wrestler, and, and in my opinion, he's a beast. Um, tell me a little bit about Dre Jacobs. Dre Jacobs, he is he is somebody that was there day one of my training. To give you like a little bit of a perspective of how long me and him have known each other, my first training session was on a Friday, and his first match was the following day on that Saturday. Me and him, out we did have we did have a little bit of hiccup at some point. Like this was. Close to a decade ago, but everything's really good now. He, me and him, we have a bond closer than ever. We uh, we do represent Wink as both a tag team as well as where we are individuals. Hey, that's pretty good. I mean, um, that's a great guy to learn from. Um, I've never got the chance to meet Dre Jacobs, but I followed him, and he's done some you know crisp, solid batches. Um, to this to this date, he's just an amazing athlete. Now let's go further on um, how you met uh, Cody Hawk and how he later on had an eye on you. Tell me a little bit about you and your relationship with Cody Hawk. I first met Cody back in 2009 when I was still still training. He came to he got brought into the Sword Alpha House for XVW and. Uh, we uh, we actually ended up using his ring on the fourth floor. We uh, he bought his ring. We got to we had to bring that up. We got to use it on the show, the fourth floor. He he was one of those people that like was constantly trying to make the product better, like no matter what, because he has a very big tie with the male town in Cincinnati area, of course. Like between all the people that he has taught there as long as as well as all the all the times he's gotten to work there. And uh I've known Cody for just about my entire career. Like we I can't say that we've ever been like best of friends, but like I've we've always had known each other that entire time and uh So I came to like him uh I it's hard for me to really say like him having his eye on me just because like I, you always say you're your most critic. I always felt like I was never good enough to be on that level from a personal standpoint. So uh, since you got to know Cody Hawk a little bit, um, what was some of the things you've learned from him in the ring and has he ever gave you any great advice about your career? Yeah. Uh, the only time I've ever gone to work with Cody one-on-one. I was just so, so young. I was only 15, I do believe, and it was at, uh, it was at two wrestling in Middletown. Like, and my biggest regret at that time was not kicking his brain more. Like, I feel like at that time, it was really, I was still trying to, like, learn the business inside out, and I didn't really, I really didn't know about everything that Cody had done at that point. So, like, I uh, I tried my best to learn the advice he took me. He, he uh, I felt like I gave my best that I could offer at that time, and I would definitely love to do it again, like, all these years later. But, my, yeah, my biggest regret, I would say, was not 
taking more of what he said in the strive at that time. Yeah, he knows his stuff in the business. Like I said, you know, speaking of all the wrestlers you said, you know, he trained. He trained like uh, John Moxley, Eli Drake, uh, Braxton Sutter, Pretty Little Cycle, Shauna Reed, Drew Skills. I can go on name after name. I mean, he and he still professional trains new town as well. So speaking of Cody Hawk, let's talk about another great promotion we are both part of in Cincinnati, Ohio, Future Great Wrestling. So how'd you get with Cody and then becoming part of uh, Future Great Wrestling? Uh, I, I originally reached out to Future Great Wrestling back in November or October, I do believe. And uh, it was while I was recovering from my accident, they had... Uh, they made a post on their Facebook page about like trying to bring in some new talent. I reached out to FGW. I reached out to the Facebook page because I wasn't, I didn't know exactly like who to go to at that point. Yeah. But I did end up talking to Cody. He, uh, he told me the deal. This is what we can offer you. And, and I immediately did jump off the opportunity and, it wasn't until Christmas Day that I actually got my first time to step into the FGW ring and just me going into that locker room, it just felt like a complete breath of fresh air for me out of everything I've experienced, especially in this area. It just, I felt, I felt really good about, about me going there. I felt like it was something that was just a complete breath of fresh air from what I'm used to. Oh, it's great. So what was it like to make your debut match there? And um, what did you think of the future great wrestling fans? And I do totally agree with you. I'm back in the locker room as well. Um, that locker room is very um, welcoming. Feels like family. Everything's so positive back there. So what was it like when you made your first debut match with FGW? My debut match for FGW, uh, we opened the show. I was in a tag match with... Uh uh, I think my partner's name, uh, <laughs> the homie, uh, Joe Pompano, I want to say. Okay, I know who you're talking about. Joe Pompano, yeah, his his name is real hard to pronounce, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, it was me teaming up with him against, uh, uh, GK fan, Piper Brooks, and, uh, uh, Prima Donnie. Yeah, those guys are some interesting <laughs> individuals <laughs> as well. Um, I've I've talked to them several times, and they're very great in the ring. So, what was your experience like to be in the ring with GK Fam? It was because uh, I have been on shows with them before then in uh, APW in Cincinnati. So I've been on shows with them, and I have I've watched what they could do. And I was really interested on what I could do with them. Well, you did a pretty good job with your tag team partner. I was there, and that was a great match. And then another guy you love working with over FGW, what you were telling me, was uh, uh, Sexy Sean Casey from The Five Most Wanted. Tell me a little bit about that. I was I, I first met Sean back in 2011, I do believe. And... Again, he was one of those people that I never knew his history of until later on down the road. And so the first time I got the opportunity to really work with him, it was at the uh, 
it was at um, it was at like one of the last shows FGW did. We uh, I just he was so charismatic. He is so talented. He is. I, I was nervous going in because the only thing going through my mind is he's FGW champion. I gotta make this moment count. The entire time I think of like I cannot. I need to prove to everybody that I belong in this spot. So I went into that match like I I needed I felt like I had a chip on my shoulder going in but I needed to prove that I belonged to stay in that spot and working with Sean it was just so so fluent it like it really felt it felt natural with him like he's definitely somebody that knows exactly why he's doing he sure does I mean he's wrestled for many years he wrestled for uh, um, OVW and he was also part of uh, WWF and uh, a little bit of WCW back in the day as well. Yeah, uh, Sean Casey's pretty cool. And that's neat how you got in the ring to wrestle the future great wrestling champion, Sean Casey, since he's a champion now. He's a little bit cocky with that belt, don't you think? Uh, is he cocky with that belt, or is he cocky with, like, all three or four of his belts? <laughs> hey, we, we can go from FGW belt, we can go to his Powerbomb wrestling belt, or we can go from his uh, other belt uh, he defends over in Las Vegas. <laughs> you pick. <laughs> hey, but I gotta say, he's, he's definitely a road warrior. He, he puts the hours and miles, and he, he's earned every single one of those championships. He sure has. Um, since you um, said, you know, you had a regret not picking Cody's Hawk's head for, you know, advice in the ring. Um, have you ever thought about getting some more in-ring training with him since he also trains uh, wrestlers as well? Yeah, of course I have, but uh, with everything going on right now, uh, it's really hard to with with my job. Like, one of the... Uh, I work uh, in, uh, in labeling. Uh-huh. So, like... And a lot of things we do is like food labels or whatnot. With everything flying off the shelves, that just means our hours get packed up that much more. So it's one of those things where I definitely want to do, and I'm not definitely not trying to make excuses because so many other people are able to do the jobs and still be able to. It's just like whenever I'm, whenever like I am actually like really able to, I something I definitely would love nothing more than to do. And I have actually. I did actually talk to Cody last time I seen him about training. Hey, that's the best way to do it since you got in with FGW, man. Like his favorite saying, you know, train, wrestle, work hard, learn as much as you can. And his favorite saying, earn your spot. Amen to that. <laughs> that's, that's why I'm, I'm going to do every single match. Now, since you're not in the wrestling ring... You uh, enjoy hanging out with your loved ones. So so what does your uh, family think about you becoming a professional wrestler, and do they still support you and come to your shows? That's, that's a really hard one. It's, um, I, feel, I do feel the support there emotionally, but like they, they're still one of those families that like, they... They, uh, they originally actually did run a wrestling company back in the day. They ran Series Attitude Wrestling after the Sword Off House closed down. And then it was one of those things where, like, after after Series Attitude Wrestling closed down, they wanted no part of ever being involved in wrestling business ever again. And it's one of, 
like they support my decisions, but they're like they don't come to the shows. They don't like buy my merchandise. Even they, uh, it's just one of those emotional sports situations. Oh, I totally get it. And you're also big in the music. So, what's your favorite type of music? And uh, what's your what's your what's what's your favorite band? My favorite band, little, it's a it's a band called Ninja Sex Party. Not sure if you're allowed to say it on the show. <laughs> Ninja Sex Party. That's an interesting name for a band. So, what type of music are they? They do uh, some comedy music with uh, a positive message sprinkled into it. Interesting. I'll have to check that out because I listen to all types of music and I've never heard of that group. I, I like the name. I'll definitely have to check out the music. So where do you see Justin Dream in 2020 after, you know, the United States and everybody around the world defeats this crazy coronavirus? I have made 2020 my mission to make a video of Black Sheep. No matter what I have to do, I'm out there. I want to... I got a list of things I want to do. I want to debut in four different states that I haven't been in before. I want to debut in a minimum of 30 new companies. There are so many things I want to do, and there are so many things I am determined to do. Since you're the EWE champion as well, do you see any more gold in the future? I see every belt I get an opportunity at. I I am definitely one of those people that you give me that shot and I'm going to make the most of it. When lose or draw, I, you will go in. All the fans are going to leave that match thinking like he deserves to be the champion. And that's a good attitude to have. Um, so where can everybody find you on social media if they want to follow Justin Dream? Social media, you can check me out on Instagram at the Black Sheep Justin Dream. Follow me on Twitter, Justin underscore Dream, or you can even go on my Facebook, just Justin Dream. And I'm currently working on getting a pro wrestling tees account approved, so I can just start selling my merch on there. But until then, you can message me on either one of those social media platforms, and I would be able to show gladly show you my designs, give you my sizes, and we can definitely do something with that. Hey, that's a good way to do it. So, uh, Justin, thank you so much for taking your time on this uh, Sunday evening to come on to the on to Wrestle Popcast. It's been an absolute pleasure, Robin. Hey, it's absolutely a pleasure to getting to know you over at uh, Future Great Wrestling. Um, you, you seem like you're a pretty cool dude. Yeah, I'm I'm really laid back. <laughs> I'm I'm one of those people where like I'm always trying to boost somebody else before I boost myself. I'm always just trying to look positive on all the bad things in the world. I try to make jokes out of things that should be joked about, like be good or bad. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're pretty reserved back in the locker room every time I've seen you back there with the boys. Um, I would love to see you get in a ring with Harley Fairfax. <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> that would be one hell of a match. <laughs> the black sheep versus the black widow is... It's game on at that point. Oh, I would love to see that. And like I said, thank you so much. Everybody, thank you for listening to Wrestle Popcast. And you can follow Wrestle Popcast on Twitter, 
Wrestle Popcast at Rob Kicks. You can subscribe to my YouTube channel, Wrestle Popcast, and you can follow me on Wrestle Popcast on Facebook. And you can also uh, subscribe to my other platforms, Wrestle Popcast on Spreaker.com, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Podcast City Network at PodcastCity.net, and also Hitting the Marks Podcast Network. Everybody, have a great evening. Stay safe, wash your hands, and let's defeat this deadly coronavirus. Coronavirus.